0: Or pro-ten position. And
1: what he can do. There's yeah. a lot of speculation about what he can and can't do. Do we know?
2: It's an open question. Uh, he certainly booted Steny Hoyer and Nancy Pelosi out of their Capitol Hill offices, but that's not legislation. Uh, there's questions now with the situation in Israel. What can he do? You know, a lot of Republicans, they they want to move forward, and in a normal week, the House Republicans certainly would bring a resolution to the floor uh, and, and maybe put Democrats who are more sympathetic uh, to Palestinians, kind of on the de- on, on on defense, but at the same time, they can't do anything. I mean that that is the consensus. However, uh, that's why I think the longer this goes, I think that uh, just like Paul Ryan uh, was convinced to take the job, didn't want the job initially, and then he did. Uh, you never know. Uh, maybe McHenry could, could get it, but it's so and and and. In the last Congress, we had the same small majority for Democrats that we have for Republicans. But Nancy Pelosi has a track record uh, of being able to lean on her caucus. And also, uh, if you cross her, she's going to punish you. And that's usually the case. You don't want to vote against the the likely speaker because he or she could get revenge on you.
1: All right. Well, let's have our viewers join us in this conversation this morning. Bob Cusack, back to you on where this contest stands between the leading candidates, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise.
2: Well, Jordan has gotten the, the big endorsement in some ways of former President Trump, who was toying with the idea of being a Speaker. Remember, you don't have to be a member to be Speaker, but we haven't seen that. So, uh, you know, Jordan has gotten more endorsements, but most of the Republican conference is undecided. And a lot of them, uh, I think, if, if you're going to press them. They're going to pick the number two guy. That's usually how it works: the person in waiting, and that's Steve Scalise. Um, there are the the centrists are the ones to watch. There are 18 House Republicans who represent districts that President Biden won uh, in 2022. They are not crazy about Jim Jordan, who is playing a major role in uh, the impeachment inquiry of the president. So they think that would be a little chaotic. Uh, I think they're going to favor Scalise, uh, who is also very conservative, like Jordan. Uh, but Jordan definitely has the right. Now, it's interesting to know, five years ago, McCarthy and Jordan faced off against one another. And McCarthy trounced Jordan. Now, that was not for Speaker, that was for House Minority Leader. McCarthy won by 113 votes. Okay, so that is significant in showing Jordan didn't have that much support five years ago. Now, it's not the same party as five years ago. But at the same time, can he get to 217? Because there are two vacancies in the House, you get to 217 on the floor. I it's hard to see but certainly if you had to pick one that has maybe more momentum than the other I would say it's Jordan now but I think a lot of the McCarthy backers are going to back Scalise. The the wrinkle to that is that McCarthy and Scalise uh have had a falling out and so McCarthy uh it's it's unclear uh where McCarthy would stand if he had to pick between the two. He he did not rule out endorsing uh one uh, of the candidates but he hasn't yet.
1: What about Steve Scalise's fundraising prowess versus Jim Jordan, then how much of a factor is that in these party contests?
2: It, it's significant. I mean, when you're Speaker or how, if you're the top Democrat in either chamber, you're going to be able to fundraise significantly. McCarthy was a great fundraiser. Uh, Scalise, because he's in leadership, certainly very good fundraiser. Jordan, less so, but if he was Speaker, certainly that would be different. Now, Now Scalise is also dealing with health issues. Members are talking about that. He has blood cancer. Uh, great story how he survived uh, the, the shooting at the congressional uh, baseball practice. Um, but there are questions about whether he can uh, do the demands of the job as well as that fundraising. Because remember, the House is up for grabs. The Senate is up for grabs. The White House is up for grabs. So money is very important.
1: Molly Reynolds.
0: No, I think that's um, absolutely right. I do think this notion that once you have the position, that itself brings a certain um, amount of fundraising prowess, but I think these are all considerations that folks are making as they're trying to decide who to support. Um, I think the number of undecided members, at least as of this point, is pretty um, pretty telling and pretty important. Um, it does mean that if someone started to get substantial momentum, we could sort of see uh, real flood in one direction because folks aren't necessarily really dug in on one side or the other. But we'll just have to see. You know, as you said, they go behind closed doors again tonight. Um, And at what point will they bring this to the floor? I don't know. Um, I think they're hoping sooner rather than later, Uh, but we'll have to see.
1: Bob Kisak finally, before we get to calls, uh, according to reports, Steve Scalise made the pitch to his fellow conservatives. If I'm not your first choice, can I be your second? Mm-hmm. So, do you think because you're seeing the Freedom Caucus go towards Jim Jordan that they would support Steve Scalise? I, I
2: think they don't have concerns with him. I think philosophically, however, he has been part of the establishment. He's been on the leadership ladder. Uh, so that some people are saying we need a whole new, fresh slate of leaders. That that even that's talked about a lot on both sides of the aisle. It rarely happens. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that, but I do think the we saw it when the government shutdown. It's all a play for leverage. So whoever wins the closed behind the scenes vote, um, that person is going to have leverage to say, "I won." Um, but certainly, and we saw that in the in the race between many years ago between Roy Blunt uh, and John Boehner in a leadership contest. And Blunt couldn't get there on the first vote, and Boehner was able to to surpass Blunt because a lot of the people who supported Blunt on the first vote did not support him on the second vote, and that's why John Boehner eventually became Speaker.
1: All right. David in San Francisco, Independent.
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm interested in this uh, just from the viewpoint of what's a true conservative, and it's pretty clear, both of your guests have agreed that the next Speaker of the House has to be a fat fundraiser. Now, if I was a real conservative, And I had a board of directors of a nonprofit, and if you look at America as a nonprofit, and the board of directors are personally gaining, that seems to be not only a conflict of interest, but against the public's welfare. So the idea that the fundraisers are going to come to power, and that America's infrastructure is not going to be rebuilt, the uh, stability of Social Security and the Veterans Administration and all sorts of uh, uh, infrastructure needs are not going to be taken care of because somebody is personally profiteering from uh, their position of power seems like a kind of an obvious solution, that these guys are lying phonies and pre- pre- they have pretense of conservatism.
0: Molly Reynolds? Sure. So um, it's true that there's very large sums of money spent in our politics every year, spent in congressional campaigns, raised, and spent on a, a wide range of things. Um, the kind of fundraising that we're talking about is um, fundraising you know, for the parties, for the campaign operations. Um, that's what these folks are doing um, when we talk about them being prolific fundraisers. Some of that is their own skill. Some of that, again, as we were saying earlier, is what happens kind of as the result of being, um, being in, the, in the office. But I think, and this goes back to a little bit what we were talking about with the previous caller, we do have this sort of crisis of trust in American institutions. And there's any number of things that are happening um, as part of this um, speakership debate that I think sort of make that worse. So the idea that um, a small group of Republicans can depose a speaker of the House sending the House into, if not chaos, certainly presenting challenges for their ability to govern and fulfill the basic responsibilities of a legislature. I think that doesn't, that doesn't help this sort of broader, um, these broader concerns that we're hearing from, um, from some callers about kind of their levels of trust in our governing institutions.